Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So liberals are absolutely losing it. Joy Reid and others in the liberal media brigade are losing it because Texas decided to open up for business. God forbid that happened. Wouldn't want people to actually make a living, Joe. Can't have that. Go back to school, work, money and all that stuff. Not starve to death. <laughs> Joy Reid at MSNBC is like, nah, let's go back to the lockdown. That was really great for everyone. So I've got some video there, but this is going to be an important show today. We're going to do a little economics for dummies segment at the end. You're not going to want to miss. There's about five or six stories out yesterday I've been holding for a little while. Some from yesterday, some from the days before that, again, if you're into like common sense and stuff, I was talking to a friend of mine last night who's a liberal and she was like, oh my gosh, like, how do you think all this stuff you think? I'm like, because I believe in facts and stuff. I got this economics for dummies segment. I'm going to show you four or five stories, again, proving to you using facts and data how liberals are on the wrong side of everything if you believe in that kind of thing, you know, facts, data, and all that stuff. And again, I just want to thank OANN for running my CPAC speech the other day. That's the last time I'll say that. Hmm. Hmm. Got it. Just one more. I just want to get that in there one more time. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Keep those prying eyeballs off your internet activity. Huh. Get a VPN today. Don't wait. Go to our friends at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. It's important. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I got that. Got a lot more too, including the CPAC stage fake controversy has now turned and cannibalized liberals that, that started it and cannibalized the liberal company. I warned you. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Listen, in times of a crisis or natural disaster, is there anything worse than running out of food? Of course not. You need to prepare in advance with long-term food storage that lasts up to 25 years. You need it. If you, you better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it, okay? You ensure everything in your lives that matters. You really shouldn't ensure your food supply. You ensure your health, your teeth, your house. My Patriot Supply is America's leader in survival food. Their mission is your survival. For the last 12 years, they've supplied millions of people like you. I've arranged for you to save $70 on their popular four-week kit of delicious, nutritious food. Gives you 2,000 calories a day. This four-week food supply is the minimum you should have. Get one for each member of your family. This kit makes it easy. Here's how you get it. I have lots of this stuff. Multiple closets stacked with it. Go to preparewithdan.com. Make the smartest decision of your life right now. Get a four-week emergency food kit for every member of your family. How? Again, go to preparewithdan.com. Save $70 per kit. I got my supply of emergency food. Be ashamed if you didn't have yours. Get it today. Preparewithdan.com. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. I got another bell in the mail yesterday from a listener. I really appreciate you all sending me bells, but we are really out of space for bells. You guys and ladies are awesome. Uh, I appreciate that, but we, we don't have any more bell space. So thank you very much. It's sitting right there behind me. But um, please, we're on a bell. Uh, our quota for bells has been, <laughs> been reached, but you're the best. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Bongino Bell right, Free. So, yeah, oh my, you have no idea we get bells. All the, I have another bell yeah. inside of my case from another list. Sent me a ringside bell. So um, as predicted... You know, the fear brigade wants to continue pumping coronavirus fear throughout our society because, ladies and gentlemen, on a very serious note, there's, there's power in fear. Why? Why is there power in fear? Power in fear sounds like one of those pseudo-intellectual things people say when they're trying to sound smart. No, no, there is literal power in fear. 
Fear motivates people to do things. Why? Because they want to avoid something they fear. Right, Joe? Not hard, right? You see a serial killer um, running after you like a Jason Voorhees with a hockey mask with a machete. Um, You're afraid, probably uh, rightly so. And therefore, you're motivated to take action, which is to do what? To run and get away. Well, when you fear instant death from the coronavirus because you've misplaced the risk in many cases, not in all, in some cases you could very well die from it, but in most cases you will be, uh, your risk is relatively low if you're a young, healthy person. So misplaced fear motivates people to do things. And one of the things that motivates people to do is to give government people and bureaucrats power. And we know government folks, power, <laughs> it, it's, it's like a moth to a flame. You're going to give me power? Let's take it. So they've got to keep the fear going. Here's a video I saw yesterday on CNN of a guest on the network. As predicted, they will not let the masking and the social distancing and the fear go no matter what, Joe. Now they're suggesting Hmm. that even during flu seasons coming up, we should engage in like seasonal fear, uh, you know, seasonal fear mongering. And we should now maybe mask and social distance during every flu season too. So stay away from people, walk outside. This is, I'm telling you, it's never going to stop. You doubt me that this is an actual guest on CNN suggesting exactly what I just said. Check this out. Is we figure out what flu strains have been circulating in places like Australia or South America, which sort of predicts what what strains are likely to come into our our country. There's been so little flu in those those two areas. I I think it's going to be hard for us to try and figure out what flu strains to pick. But you're right. It's if we mask and social distance every winter, we will see a dramatic reduction in flu, which usually causes hundreds of thousands of hospitalizations and tens of thousands of deaths. I wonder whether that would be will be the lesson uh, from this. I. I've only been warning you about this for a year now that we should engage in sound risk analysis. We do that every day in our lives, right? We take on risk when we fly, when we drive a car, when we leave our house during a busy flu season, when we decide to get on a cruise ship, despite the fact that you're in an encapsulated container where there could be some viral outbreak. You know why we do that stuff? Because cruises are fun and people like them and they want to live and they don't want to give up their liberty. They've gauged the risk. They think it's small enough that they're willing to take the chance. That's the same reason you get on an airplane. It's the same reason I get on an airplane. There's a risk. There's a risk, sadly, that that plane could crash. That risk is very low. People say, ah, I'm willing to live my life and travel because it's important to me to see my loved ones. So I'm willing to do it despite that risk. Why have we thrown that all out the window in the COVID era? We've done it because people engage in fear porn because fear porn leads to power porn later. We should mask and social distance now for the rest of our lives because there's a seasonal flu. Showing you, here's a perfect example of how fear porn, um, the media and liberal Power-hungry Lord Acton, power corrupts absolute, power corrupts absolutely. All powerful men are inherently bad men, folks. Um, Here's a headline from the New York Times. They're terrified, terrified that, quote, this is an actual headline, folks, not a joke. This is not the Babylon Bee or the Onion, not meant to be satire. COVID-19, colon, you got to put that colon in there. Hat tip Chris Plant, he says that all the time. You know what I'm talking about if you listen to WMAL. COVID-19, colon. The U.S. is edging towards normal, alarming some officials. (laughs) It's a real headline. That's a real headline. Joe, people are alarmed. We're edging towards normal. God forbid that (laughs) happened. Real headline in the New York Times. Because as the fear 
thermometer ticks down from 105 to 90 to 85 to 70, back to like a room temperature of 68 or whatever it may be, or in my bedroom, 52, right? As that happens, people are like, oh my gosh, Joe, if we start edging towards normal, people will start asking for their lives back and say, you know what? I'd like to go outside maybe, you know, without a mask on if it's my choice. And I'd, I'd like to go outside and shake hands with people and hug my relatives. If it's, no, no, no. Can't have it. Can't have Can't have that. It's very, very, that's highly dangerous activity. Highly dangerous. We can't have any, we can't have any of that. So where's this all coming from? Well, Texas, Governor Greg Abbott um, finally decided to open up Texas for business again, took a lesson from Ron DeSantis, or as a CPAC poll called him, Ron Desnatis, spelled his name wrong. Either way, he's a great candidate. I love Ron Desnatis or DeSantis. So the Texas governor decided to take a lesson from Ron DeSantis, who's had great success in the state of Florida. Joe, doing crazy things like asking people to act like adults. Yeah. Weird, right? Gauge your own risk with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Even, oh my gosh, treat people like mature adults. That's crazy. And Ron Desnatis also said, listen, I think we should allow businesses to operate so people can engage in economic activity so they can feed themselves and earn money. Another crazy idea. So Texas finally picked up on that. Greg Abbott opened up yesterday. So here's a segment of absolute zero Joy Reid. Not a very smart person on MSNBC. Losing her mind. By the way, have we ever gotten to the bottom of that homophobic blog Joy Reid had? I'm just asking. She wanted like an FBI investigation. Did we ever get to the bottom of that? I don't think so. Yeah. Joe, do you remember? Has anyone got an answer on that? Joy Reid's homophobic blog. But no, she said she went on FBI. Her account was hacked and all. I haven't heard anything about Mm. that, but whatever. So this segment on MSNBC with Joy Reid starts with Greg Abbott announcing Texas is open for business and Joy Reid absolutely loses it. And then we come back on the other side. We'll do actual uh, statistics. Sorry, I said it that way because Statista is the website. We'll we'll show you the statistics and data that Joy Reid is, you know, it's, it's a lot for her. It's a lot to ask for Joy Reid to actually do basic research, like to put in a search engine. What are the deaths per capita in state? She doesn't do that kind of stuff. So check out Joy Reid. It starts with Greg Abbott opening up Texas. Thank the Lord. Check this out. It is now time to open Texas 100%. Effective next Wednesday. All businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. Yeah, yeah, you heard it right. The Texas governor said, COVID be dead. Everybody go ahead and open up. And that's not all of it. He's also lifting the state's mask mandate. Perhaps the governor should take a look at what happened when he eased restrictions in the past. Cases went right back up. And you get some COVID, and you get some COVID, and you get some COVID, and you get some COVID. For the 29 million Texas residents, please, please do not listen to your governor. Keep taking all safety precautions and protect your health and your lives because your governor... Greg Abbott is the absolute worst. <laughs> this is one of the great mediocrities of our time. Uh, really, there are some rather mediocre people who uh, stunningly have been put on platforms by CNN and MSNBC, the Brian Stelters of the world and others. Um, but it's just stunning. Joy Reid was actually given a show, especially given her ha- her past with uh, especially uh, hateful posts about people. It's really weird. She's given a platform, but it's kind of bizarre. She's saying that the Texas governor Joe wants people to get 
get COVID. You know, she does the whole like Oprah Winfrey, you get a car and you get a car. Like you get COVID, you get COVID. I'm not sure Governor Abnett said that. I, I actually mm-hmm. listened to it. I Do you remember the part, Joe, you cut the video. Do you remember the yeah. part where Governor Abbott said, and listen, I want you to get COVID, you to get COVID. And did it Oprah Winfrey style? Did you cut that out of there and edit that? No, so Joy, I, just to kind of make me look so, okay, nah. you didn't. So that's not actually no. in there. So Joy Reid, right. of course, is making it up because that's what she does. So I decided to do this crazy thing, like go to these statistics and the numbers and let's gauge the states which are still locked down, see how well they're doing in deaths per thousand people, death per capita, versus the states that have opened up or will open up like Texas, because Joy Reid has a problem with that. So here we go. Here is Statista, and I will put this link in the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. If you subscribe to my newsletter, I will get you these every day. You can go to the actual website yourself, Joy. I know data is not your thing at all, but check this out, statista.com. Death rates from coronavirus, that's COVID-19, Joy, in case you missed that, in the United States as of March 1st, 2021, by state. Uh, There we go. You get New Jersey, New York at the top, uh, pretty heavy lockdowns there. Rhode Island, Massachusetts had some pretty heavy lockdowns. Hey, you got Mississippi, Arizona, not doing too well, Connecticut. So where is Texas and Florida, the two people she hates most? So you have to scroll and scroll and scroll. And eventually when you get to 24, look at that. Look at that. At the 24 spot, I had to cut some out in the middle because I couldn't even fit it in one screenshot. There you go. You got Texas at the 24 spot, which is decided to open up and relatively opened up before that. And then you've got that evil Ron Desnatis, who the liberals hate down in Florida. You got them below Texas at 25, 26, 27, at the 28th spot, despite the fact that Florida has been open for a long time. Just curious where Joy's commentary about the awful Andrew Cuomo and the terrible work in New Jersey and California because they've had pretty high deaths per thousand too. Where, where that commentary was. We, we must have missed that. We must have missed that. I'm sorry. Uh, we, I didn't, couldn't find that. I searched. I just couldn't find it anywhere. But again, Joy and her producers could have done the homework and just put in any search engine, deaths per thousand is measured by state. I mean, that is literally what I put in the search engine on my phone. Um, and that comes right up. But that would require, again, a modicum of research and common sense, neither of which Joy Reid is capable of. All right. All right, I got a lot to get through today. So um, let me move on to the second segment here. As predicted, folks, cancel culture will eventually cannibalize itself. I don't want to do a big long say. I've heard enough about the Dr. Seuss. It's terrible. I get it. But it's been all of, don't you agree? Like it's been everywhere on cable news and talk radio. Folks, I know the news cycle for the producers out there on, on cable and the radio and everything. I'm not trying to like insult anyone, but I know the news cycle's slow. Believe me, I'm in this business every day and I prep my own show in conjunction with the technical crew here. But the content is mine. But there's really no excuse to beat a story to death like the Dr. Seuss okay? Cover it. It's an important story. But we don't have to beat the story to death. There are other things going on, especially in the cancel culture realm, which is really important. Here's a story I think is as important because it highlights things I've suggested to you in the past that matter. That cancel culture will eventually eat up liberals too. Why? Because they run out of victims on the right as we increasingly ignore these idiots and laugh at them. They violated Saul Alinsky's rule number 13. What's Alinsky's rule number 13? Uh, Infamous liberal activist Saul Alinsky. Is in order to make a boycott or political activism effective. What do you have to do to a target, Joe? Isolate it. Isolate it, yeah. 
isolate, isolate. Remember the show you said, isolate, isolate. If you listen to the show early in the week, you see where that comes from. Isolate. Meaning, focus like a laser on that target to make your activism and boycotts effective. The problem with the left and cancel culture is they are so undisciplined and out of control, they want to boycott everything, everyone, all the time. Boycott Texas, boycott Florida, boycott Georgia, boycott the local supermarket, boycott this movie chain, boycott Gina Carano, boycott CPAC, boycott companies involved in CPAC, boycott the hotel involved with CPAC. Boycott the firm that caters to the hotel involved with CPAC. Boycott the CPAC attendees. Boycott people who spoke at CPAC. Boycott Fox. Boycott Tucker. Boycott Hannity. Eventually, your isolation principle goes out the window, and liberals have so little self-control, they can't figure that out. So what happens? What happens then is as they run out of targets on the right because their boycotts don't matter and people are laughing at them, they have to turn to the left. And boycott their own people. Why would they do that? Because there's power in it. Canceling people feels good to them or they wouldn't do it. And as they're ignored by people on the right and laughed at, their power starts to dissipate. Man, we're going to boycott CPAC and it's not helping. Matter of fact, CPAC sold out in just a few days this year. What do we do? Let's move on to a leftist idiot who will take our boycotts more seriously. It will cannibalize itself. Here's a story that shows what I'm talking about. As they run out of targets, they eventually eat their own, but takes it from a different angle. Here's an article I saw this morning on social media at Forward, forward forward.com by Jacob Kornblow. Design firm takes responsibility for the CPAC stage controversy. You remember this disaster? This ridiculous... I mean, Come almost on, like man. Babylon B. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. It gets better. Wait till you, wait till you see who runs the design firm. All right. So, so someone put out a story. She goes to show you how leftists make stuff up, right? They put out a story. The CPAC stage was designed to look like a Nazi symbol. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even going to go relitigate the story again because it's such a dumb story. Like you'll lose double digit IQ points for even paying attention to it. It's really legitimately that stupid. They made it up the left. And suckers fell for it. So here's what happens. So Ian Walters, the director of communications for CPAC, told Forward on Tuesday, this forward.com, that the design firm they hired to design design the stage provided several options for us to choose from. And what we ended up with was the most workable of the options they submitted. They also said that they will no longer be working with that design firm. Well, how did this cannibalize the left? Well, here's Yasher Ali, who is a leftist who tweets once in a while, at Yasher, tweeting this. Well, the design firm CPAC used, who now CPAC's turned and canceled, is Design Foundry. And Yasher Ali says, I know Design Foundry because they handle design for many events in D.C. for companies like MSNBC and Target. They oversaw the design for the Biden Cancer Summit 2018. The owner, Yasher says, Annie, is very liberal and was excited for Biden's victory. Great work, conspiracy theorists. Got one of your own canceled, I guess. Didn't didn't you? Didn't didn't really hurt us. CPAC will find another stage designer, probably from some free speech company that designed stage that doesn't engage in political censorship. But it's really weird because that company probably made a whole boatload of dough off designing that stage for CPAC. And now your fake liberal boycott about a phony scandal 
about Nazi symbolism you just literally made up. You made no one actually believe CPAC designed the stage after Nazi symbolism. Got a liberal company and a woman named Annie, who's a huge liberal who works with liberals, got her canceled and probably cost her a fortune in future contracts because no one will work with Design Foundry again because every time you now put in a search engine Design Foundry, what's going to come up, Joe? Design Foundry, Nazi symbolism. Mm Mm-hmm. Keep it up, Libs. Keep it up. Great. As Yasher, who is a leftist, by the way, a leftist, Yasher said in his tweet, great job, conspiracy theorists. Nice work there. Getting one of your own uh, broken, canceled, whose company is now. And by the way, I don't, let me just be clear. I don't wish this on Design Foundry. I don't care that Annie mm-hmm. is the, I don't know Annie. I never heard of her in my life. She's a liberal. She voted for Biden. Great. You do you. I don't want you canceled. But now this woman, poor woman in her company who designed this stage, is now going to be stigmatized the rest of her life as some kind of a Nazi sympathizer because idiots in the left-wing media decided they were going to make her a target for cancel culture. Nice job, morons. All right, let me get to my second sponsor on the other side of this. I just want to tell you how, again, we can engage in cancel culture too, and it's really starting to damage people who are advocating for cancel culture. I got a story from The Blaze after that and a video of Chris Ray from the FBI who was turned into a total politician. This guy should run for office now. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at Vincero. You see it every day. There it is. What, my lower arm? No, my watch. Vincero is back. I'd love to have him because they make the best watches for the price and the business, and they just look good. Look at that watch. This thing like screams, screams. I want one of those. They know just how important it is to look and feel your best. They're here to help you looking good and feeling good wherever you go. If you're looking to upgrade your look, don't waste money on a cheap and basic watch that doesn't get you noticed. Vincero watches are the perfect solution to your everyday style needs. In the office, on a date, anywhere in between, it goes with everything. You won't see me wearing anything else. Vincero makes it so you don't have to choose between function, looks, or price. They're the best of three worlds. I get more compliments about this watch. This is the Altitude Blue Face Leather Band. My brother's a big watch guy. He thought this watch cost thousands. It did not, but it looks like it cost thousands. Vincero makes it so you don't have to choose between function, looks, or price. They're the best of those three worlds. How do you get these watches? Head on over to vincerowatches.com slash Bongino. Check out my favorite picks and take advantage of my special discount while you shop. Here's the black with the blue face. You'll see me wearing this sometimes. I love this one too. I alter them depending on my shirt color. Vincero understands the frustrations of online shopping. They make it super easy. They're now offering a five-year warranty and 365-day return policy. It's stress-free shopping with fair and honest prices. Vincero has the perfect blend of a classic look with a modern feel. Men's Journal recently called Vincero watches beautiful, bold, classic designs. They are the real deal. The deal's too good to pass up. Go to vincerowatches.com slash Bongino. Use my discount code Bongino. It'll be auto-applied. And my uh, discount code Bongino, excuse me, will be auto-applied at checkout. Do not pay full price for these beautiful timepieces. Seriously, guys, support my show. Go buy one of these awesome watches. You're going to love it. Wear it. Get noticed today. Check out their sunglasses as well. Go to my link. Check out this awesome brand. Vincero Watches. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O. VinceroWatches.com slash Bongino. Discount code Bongino. Check it out today. Gee, we got to get you one. Um, we got to get... Joe, how does Gee not have a Vincero? Nah. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Vincero, can you send us some... For, we got to... Joe's got one. Paula's got one. They have yeah, women's man. watches too. They're beautiful. All right, back to the show. We love them. So I told you cancel culture eventually eats itself. It's cannibalistic in nature. Here's a story at the Blaze you'll see in the show notes today. Please check it out. Uh, the Golden Globes didn't work out really well for them. Golden Globes ratings down, what was it, uh, 
Yeah, 64. What does that say over there? I got to look at the other thing. Golden Globes ratings crash. crash. How does that happen? Golden Globes ratings crash 64%. Why would that be? Why would people not be interested in seeing the biggest stars, air quotes of our time? 64%, despite folks being stuck at home with actually nothing else to do. Maybe because us, all of us, the great unwashed, the deplorables, the dirt under the fingernails crowd, you know, the people that built this country and work in it every day. Maybe we're tired of being insulted and laughed at, mocked, treated like garbage. You figuring that out yet? Holly weird? We can cancel you too, and we're doing it. Your jobs matter. And let me just say about Hollywood and the folks who work there, I traveled out to Los Angeles quite a bit. I know a lot of people on the West Coast. I know we associate Hollywood with the overpaid zeros who you know star in movies and then insult us afterwards. But you got to remember, folks, and I just ask you to keep this in mind, some perspective on this. There are a lot of people who work in Hollywood, a lot, and the movie production business who are not liberal. Matter of fact, who are diehard MAGA folks. The people who operate the cameras, the, the Foley artists, the gaffers, the sound people, yeah, stage man. designers. There's a lot of them. Joe no, Joe was in the entertainment business yeah. for a while too. And say, there are, this, it's not a monopoly of liberals. And it's really a shame, I say, to the liberals destroying their business because you have to speak out constantly and insult your audience. It's a shame what you're doing because you're costing really good people their jobs too. And they have nothing to do with your nonsense. All right, moving on. I got to motor through a lot of stories today because there's a lot to cover. It's not really a slow news time. I know people in the media business think that's why they got to cover the Dr. Seuss story, you know, 24 hours a day. But if you actually go out there and look, there's a lot to talk about. Here, disturbing video yesterday from up on Capitol Hill. Our broken FBI director is one of the worst in history. Christopher Ray goes up on Capitol Hill. This is his answer to a question from Ted Cruz, senator from Texas. Ted Cruz says, hey, listen, uh, Chris, what's the deal with your domestic terror investigations when it comes to people like Antifa and BLM who burn down American cities? And Cruz, I'm not going to play the beginning because it's long. I'm just going to play Gray's answer. Cruz goes down a litany of things that happened, billions of dollars in damage, p- police being attacked, people murdered and killed. What are we doing about Antifa and BLM? And this is, you want to see the worst dipsy do flipperuski I've ever seen from an FBI director, listen to him politicize the answer. And instead of addressing the obviously, obviously far left radicals at Antifa and BLM, he manages to make an Antifa question about somehow right wing domestic terror. How he does this is a magic act only a politician could do. He should run. He'd win a congressional seat in a liberal district. Here's Chris Ray, a broken FBI director. So Senator, uh, certainly we, uh, tried to respond aggressively with our partners to uh, the domestic violent extremism that we saw playing out in streets all across the country this summer. Um, uh, most of that activity, a lot of that activity, I would say, fell in what we would categorize as anti-government, anti-authority violent extremism. Some of it is anarchist violent extremism. Some of it is militia violent extremism. Some of it might even be sovereign citizen violent extremism. but. We saw a, a huge uptick in violent extremism in that broad bucket over the course of last year. 
and so we're trying to be aggressive with the tools that we have in terms of the charges we're bringing. We're trying to, as we talked about, frankly, in connection with January 6th, same thing for the summer. We're trying to look at sources of funding, planning, coordination, trying to learn more about tradecraft and tactics and things like that so that we can be better prepared to prevent it and feed information to our state and local partners so they can be better prepared to prevent it. Notice what he does there? He wants to tie in Antifa and BLM violence. He mentions January 6th, sovereign citizens, I guess, groups of media would associate with the right wing, despite the right wing not wanting anything to do um, with, with, with anarchy. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, why this guy is so divorced from reality and can't just speak in common sense and facts is really bizarre. Especially after taking over for the dreaded Jim Comey, you would think we'd get back to some where he could have. I mean, how would you answer that question? You would just say, listen, this is a serious problem in the United States. We've had a lot of protests. Some of them have been hallmarked, sadly, by violence and property destruction. We're looking into it. If you are the leader of one of these groups and you've advocated for violence, and whether it's on uh, uh, in an American city or an American town or anywhere else, we're going to look into that and investigate that using the old law enforcement powers. None of that was said. He throws a curveball and tries to make it about right wing or stuff or people they associate with the right wing. I don't even know what these groups are. I've never even heard of them before, half of these groups he talks about in there. This question was about Antifa and BLM. I have zero faith in this guy. I just want to throw that in there to show you what we're dealing with with the FBI now and why I'm I'm not kidding. Why I fear these people. I don't mean fear them in like a wuss bag kind of way. I mean, I fear them because I'm not sure when you or me or anyone else is going to get investigated next, not because we've broken any law or done anything wrong, but because we don't meet the approved political narrative. Christopher Ray is a powerful guy. All right, moving on. So AOC uh, finally criticizing Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden decided it was a good idea to uh, lodge an attack on Syria the other day without congressional authorization. So uh, here's a tweet by AOC. She says, here is the profound danger of what we just did in Syria. A mad king president with majority disapproval of Americans just decided abomination without without the constitutional requirement of congressional approval. Democrats who take war money passed the laws allowing that. Ha, <laughs> just kidding, folks. April of 2018, that was against Donald Trump when Donald Trump uh, engaged in an attack on Syria. Just kind of wondering when we're going to get a tweet from AOC about the Joe Biden attack on Syria. Just wondering, just wondering. You see the date on that little tweet. Did you catch that, Guy? Did you really think that was about uh, Joe Biden? Anyone? Mm. Anyone? Did you say that yeah. you probably... Th- Joe, did you think that for look at the date? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I know. <laughs> I like, wow. See, well, she may listen. She may criticize mm. Biden too. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. We'll wait for that. Maybe we'll get an update. Hopefully, we will. I'll put it on the show. All right, moving on to the segment. I was like, you know, what, let me get to my third sponsor. I want to move on to my economics for dummies segment. That's actually how I lined that out in the show today. Economics for dummies, also economics for liberals. But in some cases, I said the same thing twice. I I mean, you just can't. I'm I'm not joking when I tell you I had a little bit of a back and forth with a friend of mine last night. Say a friend, really, relative. But I love her to death and uh, just can't figure out. Her boss made her watch my CPAC speech, so she called me. 
It was my cousin. All right. I love my cousin. She's great. But, you know, we don't share the same politics. And she's like, man, I really like that speech. But, you know, I just don't understand, like, why you believe this stuff you do. And I'm like, that's funny because I don't understand why you believe the stuff you do. I just, you know, facts and stuff and whatever. I don't want to pile on my cousin. She's super nice. She was older than me, too. Maybe I'll show you some of the baby. You want to see you want to see a baby picture of me? Here, folks, if you're on Rumble, you want to see this? Check this out. <laughs> this is fun. No, not a joke, Joe. This is you. a baby picture of young Dan Bongino. Can you see this on camera? Look at that. Look at my face. Check that out. <laughs> Can you see that, Key? Look at my face. What a happy little kid. She used to change my diapers. She's older than me. She sent me that list. I, I had like a teddy bear, too. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, big tough guy, huh? <laughs> baby pictures of old DB. <laughs> she sent me that last night. All right. And after we spoke, I went to sleep. You like that segue? On my Helix Sleep mattress, and I slept like a baby last night. Why? Because Helix Sleep, their mattresses, they have a quiz. It's a genius idea. It takes two minutes to deuce to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? It makes no sense. Sleep, it's like sleeping on a cloud this day. You're on that thing eight to 10 hours a night. Why would you sleep on a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Uh, you got to scroll that. There we go. Scroll. There we go. The scrolls. To they have a soft, medium, and firm mattress. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I took the Helix quiz. And what was I matched to? The Midnight Lux mattress because I wanted something firm. It Ironically, it, even though I have the bad shoulders and stuff, I like the firm support. I know that sounds weird with arthritis. You think you'd want a soft one? Not me. I don't want that. I like the Midnight Lux. It's all me. It's been awesome getting unboxing videos for many of you who found the Helix mattress of your dream. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door. Shipped for free. You don't need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome. But don't take my word for it. They were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for a 100-night sleep trial risk-free. Leave and pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix offers exclusive discounts for military, first responders, teachers, and students. Nice. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows too for our listeners. Go today. HelixSleep.com slash Dan. H-E-L-I-X, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Go today. All right, back to our economics for dummies segment because we need to do this because unfortunately I have to break through the liberal morass of ignorance and stupidity sometimes and show them what actually happens in the real world when you swear allegiance to dopey liberal politics. Here's the first story. You know, um, Liberals are really into the government spending money it doesn't have, right? So what happens when the government spends money it doesn't have, Joe? Where does it get the money? Because the government spending money yeah. it doesn't have now, right? Hmm. Well, either people can lend it to them or they'll do this crazy thing called quantitative easing where we print money. Um, that would be called in the non-government world counterfeiting and you'd find yourself in handcuffs going to jail. It's what I actually did for a living in the Secret Service before uh, I was in the protection detail, arrested people for counterfeiting. But when government does it, don't worry, Joe, you call it quantitative easing and it's A-OK. So there's an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal. Headline. Banks in Ger bank. This is a real headline again, not a joke. The banks in Germany are telling customers to take their deposits elsewhere. 
Why? Because more customers, really, it's a real headline. More customers are having to pay negative interest rates as savings have surged amid the pandemic. Why is this happening? Well, German banks, by even bigger international institutions and financial institutions, are being charged negative interest rates for the deposits they keep. Negative interest rates. So think about what this means. That means you put your money in a German financial institution and the money loses money. Negative interest rates. A negative sign in front of them. So Germany is then having to send its money to other larger financial operations and institutions. We're charging them negative interest rates. So Germany, not wanting to lose money, is telling people, take your dinero and your dough and please bring it somewhere else. Pretty weird when you're in the money business that you're telling people to take your money and go elsewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about this for a minute. I got a nice email from a lady. I said, Dan, you got to talk about economics more. That's why we're doing our economics for dummies segment today. People used to laugh at the idea of negative interest rates because they thought that never happened, right, Joe? Negative interest rates. Why would anyone put their money in a bank to lose money? No, it's happening right now. Here's from the Wall Street Journal. Germany's biggest lenders, uh, Deutsche Bank, and Commerce Bank have told new customers since last year to pay a 0.5% annual rate to keep large sums of money with them. In other words, pay them a fee. (laughs) Them not give you a fee. You pay them a fee to hold your money. The banks say they can no longer absorb the negative interest rates the ECB, European Central Bank, charges them. The more customer deposits they have, the more they have to park with the central bank, who's charging them to keep the money. This is creating an unusual incentive where banks that usually want deposits as an inexpensive form of financing, yeah, the thing we called banking for centuries, are essentially telling customers to go away. Banks are even providing new online tools, Joe, get a load of this, to help customers take their deposits elsewhere. (laughs) (coughs) Heck of a business model, huh? (laughs) uh, Well, it is if you're in the safe business. I said yesterday. Yeah. Right? Maybe time to get in the, you know, safes. Not a safe business, like a safe business. Yeah. You know, safes like punch in a code, open the safe. What better way to make money than to take your money out of financial institutions where everyone else is losing money? You put your money in a safe and your money is maintaining its value while everyone else is losing. Sounds like a smart strategy to me. You better get in the safe business really quick. Now, I said people used to laugh at negative interest rates. So what happened? They did. Sane economists around the world used to say, negative interest rates, that'll never happen. No one's ever going to put their money in a financial institution knowing they're losing money by the day by doing so or pay a financial institution to keep their money. That sounds kind of dumb. So what happened, ladies and gentlemen? Well, the digital economy happened. And the search for alpha, the search for Gain and yield has gotten so terrible because we're printing money like crazy and money's worth less and less every day that people are so desperate just to not lose money due to inflation that they put their money in financial institutions, number one, because the digital economy makes it impossible to not have a bank account. We're not where we were 100 years ago where cash was king. Everything now is Apple Pay, credit cards, Venmo. Everything's done online. Everything done online means you need a bank account, right? So that's number one. But number two, people are so afraid of hyperinflation and their money losing all of its value, basically, over time, that they're saying to themselves, I'd rather put it in a financial institution where I only lose a little bit. 
That's how bad things have gotten. It is now impossible to escape the idea that you worked for money, that we're moving towards a hyperinflationary future because we're printing so much money, that your money, the money you worked for yesterday is going to be worth less today. Literally, if you put it in a bank. Why do we keep doing this? Why do governments love negative inflation rates? Because folks, it's a form of closet taxation. How's that? If I put my money in a bank and I'm being charged, I'm losing money every day, keeping my money there. How is that a form of closet taxation? Well, when the government prints money it doesn't have to pay for things it can't afford, which we're doing now in the United States and around the world, what happens? It makes the money in circulation worth less. Well, what is it? If it makes money worth less, what else is worth less? Oh, government debt. That's right. So if money's worth less and I owe Joe a trillion dollars, right? I'm a government, the United States, and I owe, say, China, bondholders in China, a trillion dollars. That $1 trillion is worth less, too, if we print a bunch of money. Negative interest rates in conjunction with inflation and the hyperprinting of money makes money worth less, but it also makes your debt worth less too. And if you're a government like the United States or Japan who have spent so much money, we can't possibly pay it back. What better way to not pay it back than to make the money you owe worth almost nothing? I've used this uh, John Maynard Keynes, who is a eponymously named founder of Keynesian economics, a real hero to the left. Even he exposed this scam a while ago. He explained that, you know, there's a couple different ways to take money from your society if you're a government, right? You can just tax them. So say you wanted to take 25% of everything people owned in a society. And let's say the entire United States generated $100, just using round numbers in GDP. Well, the way to take 25% and spend it would be to tax people 25%, right? There's $100 in the economy. You get 25% of it by taxation. But there's another way to do it too. If there was $100 in circulation, the government doesn't have to tax you anything. They could just print $33, spend it. Now there's now $133 in circulation. They didn't have to tax you directly. And that's still about 25%, 33 of 133. This is a great deal for everyone, negative interest rates. If you're a government spendthrift looking at sure bankruptcy, you make your debt worth less, you get to print a whole, bu- print a whole bunch of money, and you get to tax your people without them even knowing it. What a deal. Wait, there's more in our Economics for Dummies segment. Here's another Wall Street Journal article I found, I think, last week. Yeah, February 26th. California's Climate Contradictions. New evidence shows that green policies punish the poor and subsidize the rich. That's got to be backwards. No way. Liberal climate policies punish the poor and subsidize the rich. Rich, we've been told, Joe, they punish the rich and subsidize the poor. How is this totally backwards? Well, let's see. From the Wall Street Journal piece. Uh, By the way, just highlighting the great irony of the liberal forest fire that is burning down America every single day, how everything liberals tell you they're doing, they're doing the opposite. We're fighting racism. Actually, you guys are the racists. We're fighting economic inequality. Actually, you're punishing the poor and subsidizing the rich. Facts don't matter to them. Here, check this out. California's green energy policies. 
So if you are a rich person with solar panels on your roof in California, you are actually being paid by taxpayers in California to send your extra energy to Arizona. Not a joke. Quote, Wall Street Journal. Here's the kicker. Folks with solar panels get paid for surplus power in California they don't use. Sometimes, Joe, at two to three times the rate of wholesale power. <laughs> what a gig. Whoa. So California pays the well-to-do with solar panels to generate solar power it doesn't need and then pays the state of Arizona to take it. What a how do I get this deal? Paula, solar panels tomorrow on the roof. What a deal. All the rich, I thought, wait, wait, wait. I thought the liberals were, you know, eat the rich, help the poor. That's, that's, that's really strange that California taxpayers are paying really rich people who have solar panels to generate extra electricity, paying them two to three times the rate they could pay for wholesale power to rich people who are then sending the power to citizens out of state, not even California citizens who are paying the rich people. Whoa, that sounds kind of bass backwards to me. But we're liberals. We care. Uh, do you even do facts? Do you even do that stuff? <laughs> oh, it gets worse. It's not just that your green energy utopia finances those evil rich people you can't stand and pays them to send power to citizens of another state. <laughs> it's that you actually tax the middle class. The middle class. I thought you were helping the middle class. You're liberals. You tax the middle class to then pay off the poor who can't afford their electric bills because you're too busy paying the rich to send power to Arizona. This can't possibly be. No, it is. It is. You know, facts and stuff, libs. Facts. Skulls. Penetrate inside the skull. Let it run here from the Wall Street Journal. Yet 25 to 30% of all residential electricity is discounted for low-income consumers because it's too expensive, because they're too busy paying the rich. So they discount it for the poor. And quote, the cost of this subsidy for the poor is borne by the other customers, the study says. In other words, this <laughs> is not fun. I just, I, I, I can't. You liberals are so stupid. This, this is real. In other words, the middle class ends up financing rate subsidies for the poor aimed at ameliorating the higher costs of solar subsidies for the rich. California's cap and trade program and utility public pur purpose programs like battery subsidies add several more cents per kilowatt hour. I, I, I. <sighs> just like putting breaks in my show that shouldn't be here you're really supposed to talk in a talk show that's the whole idea it's a talk show i just need a mental now you understand why like, i love my cousin but this conversation with my cousin's so frustrating I, I i really i love her to death but the, you know you know you get it now you're paying off rich people to send power to another state. By doing that, you're raising the electric bills of everyone else. Poor people can't afford their electric bill to keep their lights on. So then taxpayers have to pay poor people to keep the lights on using the money of the middle class. Who are, right, we're moving on. I, I can't. I really, I can't do it. I, I can't. I can't take the stupid anymore. But shockingly, it gets even dumber. I have more. 
Here's more liberal stupidity. And I have this under the headline here, why this, and this is a serious, I want to get away from a sarcasm because this is important stuff. There is a profound economic schism developing in this country between the haves and have nots. And it's precisely because of the story I just told you. Government intervention is what's insulating the rich, the wealthy, and making them a class of untouchables as they connect themselves fully to the Democrat Party. There is an economic schism developing in this country between the well-to-do elites and the everyday working man that is getting worse. And it's precisely liberalism that's doing it. I want to show you more evidence in a second with this Wall Street Journal story. It's important. We've also got our Heroes of the Day segment today. A very nice one. You're not going to want to miss that. My last sponsor today, our friends at Teeter. You know, I love Teeter inversion tables. Now Teeter is bringing you, this is my new fave. Not a joke. My new favorite. They're bringing you this full body, zero impact exercise with one simple machine. Get this machine today. The free step recumbent cross trainer. Folks, I, you know, I like mixed martial arts. And if you're doing any kind of guard work and stuff, in other words, you're fighting from your back, you have to engage all your limbs at once. You have to fight with your legs. You have to fight with your arms. It's when you're on your back in, in uh, like a supine type position. So I'm always looking for full body exercises. Tita was nice enough to send one to me. I have been crushing it on this thing. What I love about it is it's it doesn't hurt my joints, but candidly, I'm sucking wind at the end and bathed in sweat. Fitness has played a huge role in my life. You know that. I say it all the time. Keeps me energized, keeps everything sharp, ready to go. My wife and I have been crushing it on the teeter free step because it makes it easy to get my exercise in full body every day. And it's zero impact. I can't take it anymore. My hips, knees, my back are bad. I, I don't do impact. So I said to him, will you send me this thing? The teeter free step is totally unique. It's unlike anything else out there. You will not use another exercise machine after this. It's low impact. It's technologies licensed from commercial PT equipment. You'll experience a smooth linear stride. It protects your knees, your joints, and back better than any other cardio machine. It works my entire body, and I am in a pool of sweat when I'm done. I do Tabata sprints on it. Legs, arms, everything. You can dial the resistance down to warm up your joints or crank it up for an amazing calorie-burning workout. That's what I do. The free step is proven to burn 17% more calories than a recumbent bike. Plus, you get access to trainer-led workout videos for the free t- uh, for, uh, on, on the free Teeter Move app for personal training and motivation from the comfort of your home. What are you waiting for? Get this today. I know a lot of you have home gyms. Even if you don't, you want this piece of equipment. Get moving. Feel great in 2021 with the free step from Teeter, the recumbent cross trainer. Teeter has an exclusive offer for you. Get the Teeter Free Step Recumbent Cross Trainer for a hundred. Get a hundred dollars off when you go to Teeter T E E T E R dot com slash Dan. The Teeter Free Step is over a thousand reviews with a four point six star rating. With this exclusive deal, you get a hundred dollars off. Go to Teeter dot com slash Dan. Teeter dot com slash Dan. You'll also get free shipping and a sixty day money back guarantee. There's no reason not to try it. Go pick this up today. You can only get the Teeter Free Step Recumbent Cross Trainer and save $100 by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash Dan. Yeah, I'll put a video up sometime. Paul, we got to get a video of me crushing it on that thing. You'll see it's really good, worth your time. Check it out. All right. So here's one of those stories that really bothers me because we're creating an unnecessary economic uh, stratified class society in this country where a group of connected wealthy elites um, have access to the government protection racket and a bunch of deplorable working class dirt under the fingernails people uh, out there who are actually building this country can't get access to that same economy. Well, why? 
Well, there's an article up by Phil Graham and Pat Toomey today. It talks about, it, the, the headline of the article is Trump's protectionist failure. It's about um, tariffs. But there's a piece in there unrelated to the tariffs I wanted to put on the show today. And I want you to read this. Why do you think there's a class of people growing super bitter in this country that they feel like they live in two Americas? There's America for working class folks and an America for all the connected elites and people on the government payroll. Well, the numbers speak for themselves. Check this out. The numbers are just staggering. That non-workers, non-workers in this country, people not working, are making upwards of 90% of their income from government transfers. Check this out. As the pay premium for having a college degree relative to a high school diploma almost doubled from 1967 to 2017, blue-collar America is falling further behind. Over that same period, the explosion of government transfer payments caused the labor force participation rate of the bottom quintile of earners to collapse. By 2017, check this out, folks. Government transfer payments rose to constitute more than 91% of their $49,613 average income. This is people not working. Government payments to non-workers approach the after-tax incomes of blue-collar workers, spawning resentment. Gee, you think? So you have these super-connected elites with their green policies and their government lobbying and their cutesy energy panels. Listen, I, the solar panels, great. I hope we can compete. Terrific. We got a lot of sun in Florida. Good. But people getting paid off to ship their energy off to other states while the poor's energy bills go through the roof, gas prices rise, elitists connected to all their, you know, Wall Street hedge fund buddies, whatever they be, lobby people in the Biden administration and get the rules carved out for them. Meanwhile, you got working class people busting their butts, saying to themselves, why would I do that? Why would I bust my butt if I can get government transfer payments, in other words, a bunch of government goodies, and make $49,000 a year? Or upwards of it. You're wondering why we have this Grand Canyon-like schism in our society? You're wondering what led to the rise of Donald Trump and the union workers in New York and elsewhere in liberal states saying, I'm tired of this stuff. You know, I don't want to get off on a tangent because I got a little bit more to get to, but just quick, because this is important. When are we going to, as a conservative movement, just start speaking truth to people? I'm talking about the politicians and the bureaucrats, not you, the conservatives in America who actually give a damn. You can make, what, thirty dollars to $40,000 from other people working? Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most generous countries on earth. There are some people hurting. Some people could use some help. I get it. I understand that. We don't allow hospitals to turn people dying away from emergency rooms here. But if you're an able-bodied adult male, how the hell are you not working for a living? Adult male or female. I shouldn't I'm talking about, but if you are an able-bodied adult male or female capable of working, aren't you embarrassed taking handouts from other people? Maybe you just need to hear it straight that I don't want to work to support someone else who's capable of working and doesn't want to. Why are we beating around the bush anymore? That's not compassion. 
to incentivize people to not work and destroy their own lives, detach them from the dignity of a job, and pretend it's compassionate by paying them not to do anything is neither compassion nor any path to prosperity in the future. You got to work. Get up, get off your rump, and go to work if you can. If you can't find the job, try. We have enough programs out there to help, to bridge a gap, whatever it may be. But there is absolutely no excuse in the most prosperous country in the history of humankind for someone who is able-bodied to not be able to get out there and at least go look for a job. There is none. And this beating around the bush under some faux blanket of compassion is never going to do anybody any favors. I'm sorry. We're making it worse. Another article I saw in the Wall Street Journal today. Now Democrats want to enact a universal basic income. Universal basic income. You mean paying people for doing nothing. That's exactly what we mean. Wall Street Journal today. That's the actual headline. Universal basic income. What does that mean? That means you'd get paid to do nothing. They're doing it, though, under the guide of the COVID stimulus, folks. Check out this screenshot from the piece. Get a load of this gem. You work for a living, crazy you. You want to pay other people not to work? Screenshot number one from this piece. Under the guise of pandemic relief, the government would give a non-working single parent with two preschool-aged children and one in grade school 850 a month. This would come on top of other government benefits, including $680 a month in food stamps, amounting to $18,360 in combined annual income. That's the equivalent, without accounting for taxes, of working 28 hours a week at $12.50 an hour. On top of that, the family would receive health insurance for Medicaid, may also receive housing and child care assistance. Government benefits to non-working households that are this generous are bound to reduce employment. You think? This is not compassion. Paying people to not work and detaching them from the dignity of a job is not compassion in this universe or any own known or unknown universe out there. It is not. There is value in work. There is value in productivity, in using your hands and your mind to produce things that make society better. I don't care if it's toilet bowl cleaner or the COVID vaccine. There is va- I mop floors and clean mausoleums. For a long time. It's not a joke. I worked in a cemetery. There is dignity in work. Those were the cleanest darn mausoleums you've ever seen because I was proud. I didn't care that I had to clean toilet bowls and key food. They were the cleanest damn toilet bowls there. And you know what? I was proud of it. And you laugh all you want, liberals. As I said on a show a long time ago, maybe it's time for you to go get a mop and learn how to take some pride in your work too. There is dignity in work. There is nothing compassionate about paying people a UBI, universal basic income, to do nothing while other people do something to pay other people for doing nothing. What's the worst part about this? Screenshot number two from the piece. This bill would provide this new benefit, all this cash for not working, for only one year. But shocker here, Joe. The Washington Post reports congressional Democrats in the White House uh, have said they would push for the policy to be made permanent later in the year. Should make you feel absolutely wonderful. You'll be paying people now to not work.
while you're working to pay people to not work. You know what, Guy? Let's skip the Bloomberg story for now. I had another one on rent control, but it's going to, I'm going to have to maybe cover that tomorrow in my economics for dummies segment. I just want to get to my, I have a couple of heroes of the day, one kind of silly and funny, but one serious. Here's my first hero of the day for all you dog owners out there. Ladies and gentlemen, my dog, Lucy, uh, is just in love with eating socks. I can't figure this phenomenon out. Woke up this morning, Lucy, I don't know where she finds the socks, how she finds the socks, but every time in my house, if she will, I, I, Joe, I don't know where they're coming from. They're in drawers. They're in a laundry room that's closed. I don't know if she's doing Bruce Willis from Die Hard, negotiating a way through the air vents, finding a way into the laundry room. I don't know how the lovely Lucy is getting socks, but I've been, I'm like, why do dogs, I don't get, why do they eat socks? It's disgusting. Is there any other clothing, if human beings... If you had, if you say there was like one of these things where you had to, they said on a penalty of death, you must eat one of these non-edible items. Is there anything worse than having to eat someone's socks? Used ones too. I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about after a workout in the sauna socks. You're like, that's kind of gross. So here's my first hero of the day. Wherever the people are at the sprucepets.com, Liz Wainick, who I guess is a vet or whatever. Why do dogs eat socks? Well, she explains. This is fascinating. Interesting to know. And I guess Lucy really loves us. Dogs eat socks, but I guess because of the smell. They're attracted to the smell of you eating said socks. And, uh, you know, they like to eat socks for a multitude of reasons, she said. Socks, even ones that have been laundered, can smell a great deal like you. And your dog may have their initial interest in your socks peaked because of that. Oh, that's great. They start chewing and licking at them. Ugh. And may accidentally swallow them. No good. If your dog sees them as valuable because of their smell, because they smell like you, they may even intentionally swallow them as a way to resource guard them. Thank you, uh, the Spruce Pets team, for explaining that. Hide your socks from Lucy if you come over my house. But I found that kind of endearing, that they smell you on them and they love them. But it's still kind of gross. So thank you, my hero of the day at the Spruce Pets, for explaining to me why I have to put my socks in the safe with my money to hide them from the negative interest rates. People who want to take my money. You like that little tie in fascinating. Now being serious, I got this yesterday in the mail, real hero of the day. It's a thing. It was confusing at first. It's a thank you from the great team at folds of honor who provides scholarships to the children of soldiers lost in combat, real heroes. Um, also law enforcement as well. Folds of honor is a great charity. You see their logo there. Uh, I wear their shirts during the show sometimes. I should have wore it today. Like, what a day to talk about, like, not getting a segue. Like, what a dunce. Um, but we still got America today. We're repping America. But I got this and I was a little confused. It came to my house, too, which is even more confusing because everyone always sends everything to the broad, wrong address. Someone donated to Folds of Honor $100,000. Folks, that's a lot of dough, okay? Even with negative interest rates, that's a lot of money. Um, it is the... Mark and Joanne Webb Philanthropic Fund. So uh, you are serious heroes of the day. I don't know if they did it in our name or why it wound up, but I, we got the thank you. I did. It wasn't my donation. I have donated to Folds of Honor, but this wasn't mine. But the Mark and Joanne Webb Philanthropic Fund, uh, thank you very much. You donated $100,000. You are our serious heroes of the day today. Um, that's really tremendous. So thank you for that. I, uh, again, I don't know why the thank you came to me. But either way, you deserve a shout out on the show. 
All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I have, again, a small favor. Please go to our video show on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. It is free. It is zero cost to you. Please subscribe to the show right there. We're almost at 1.5 million people, rumble.com slash Bongino. And please make bonginoreport.com your home for morning news. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.